forward in the parables of Jesus. And um, today I am gonna be teaching about the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast. And this is throughout um, a few of the gospels, but um, we're gonna read out of Matthew 13, 31 today, if you wanna turn there. Um, And it says this, he told them, so Jesus, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet it grows. It is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in about 60 pounds of flour. That is a lot of flour, you guys. Um, (laughs) And uh, until it worked through all the dough. And Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in, the par- uh, in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. So one of the things that I absolutely love about Jesus is that he's a storyteller. I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to tell stories. I resonate with stories. And I don't know if you're like me in that way, but I just think that stories are incredible. There's something beautiful that we can hold on to when we hear a story. We can understand something better when a story is attached. We can understand a concept when there's a story linked to it. Story is the way that Jesus described things. He wanted to teach people using story of things that they were familiar with. So parables were his way of helping people understand what he's teaching. Kingdom principles through story. So when we read this parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast, these are two things that everyone around him knew what he was talking about. They understood this. So mustard seeds, they were grown at this place in Galilee where he is. This is where he's teaching right now when we're reading this. And so they knew, they understood that a mustard seed is super, super tiny, but yet it grows into a large plant or a tree that's at least, at least 10 feet tall. And then it can grow bigger, right? So the tiniest of seeds, one seed can make this thing grow huge. That's crazy. And then when talking about yeast, people understood the importance of yeast in dough and how you need to knead it into the dough. And then it goes through a fermentation process to rise. And then, um, then you have bread. And so then you bake it and have bread. And see, women in the area, that's what they did all the time. They were making bread. So they understood this concept. See, Jesus was comparing the kingdom of God to something that they understood. The kingdom of God, when he talks about the kingdom of God, this is new to them. They've never heard this before, right? So he needs to bring it into a story so that they can understand what he's saying. And so he's saying something very small as a mustard seed or yeast turns into something very large. The kingdom of God started small, but just wait, it'll grow into something extremely large. So when we say the kingdom of God, We're talking about a supernatural kingdom here on earth. We don't have to wait for heaven. We get to live heaven out here on earth. So it's the power of God through the life of Jesus and the empowering of Holy Spirit working in the world today. 
It's the power of God moving in and through us as we impact the world and the community that we live in. Doing this in this life, uh, doing things in this life, it's not the way of the world. We don't live as the world lives. We live as the kingdom. We live as the kingdom, as Jesus in us. We do things differently than people in the world do. So at the time of the parables, Jesus, I don't know if you guys know this, he was new to the scene. People didn't really know him. They knew him as a carpenter. He was in his 30s, right? He's 33. But it wasn't until Jesus went and was baptized by John and he comes up out of the water and God opens the heavens and says, this is my son. This is my guy. This is the guy. I'm proud of my son, right? And then the spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days to fast. That's a long time to fast. I don't know if you guys know this, but that is a long time, right? And so Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted by Satan. And then he comes out of that 40 days and that's when his ministry begins. That's when he gets to start going from city to city and countryside to countryside, healing the sick and letting people know about who God is and and building relationship with them. He was setting people free that were demon possessed. He was starting to get known in this area. He was, he was starting to be like, who is this guy? Who is this one that everyone's talking about? How does he have authority to heal? Why are the demons listening to him and fleeing those that they have been possessing for so long? What is going on? The kingdom of God is being released through the life of Jesus. The gospel which is the good news of who he is and what he brings is being released. So Jesus, you know, he's different than others. He's talking to tax collectors and sinners where no one else would, right? The religious are like, you stay away from them. We don't talk to them, right? He's going to those that, are, that have leprosy and everyone's having to stay away from and he's walking up to them and he's healing them. He's talking to the woman at the well that is an outcast to everyone, She goes to the well at noon because no one else goes there. It's the heat of the day and Jesus goes there. Who is this guy? What is he doing? Demons are fleeing from him or fleeing from the demon possessed people at his command. He is walking out the kingdom of God that he is preaching. So it's starting small like a mustard seed and people are coming coming to know him. His disciples are walking with him and learning who he is. And miracles are taking place and they're seeing that. See, it's starting small like a mustard seed. Eventually the word's getting out and people are coming to, to know him personally and, and they're bringing the sick to him and, and they wanna know him, they wanna walk with him. They'll go to the countryside with no food and hang out for days if they need to. They wanna be with this guy. Who is this guy? This is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. The Messiah has come and all who believe are being saved. So can you put this in your own relationship with the Lord? How did you come to know him? How did you hear the good news? Who told you about Jesus? Maybe you uh, learned about it like I did in VBS. I, I came to know Jesus when I was four years old at VBS in Pendleton, Oregon. You know, maybe your friend invited you to a camp and you had no idea what you're doing and you came to know Jesus there. Maybe you came to know him at the lowest place of your life. And he started inviting you into the fullness of life instead of where you are in the dark. Wherever and whenever 
you have met him, it started small, right? You didn't just jump into the deep end. You didn't just know about everything about God and encounter everything about him. No, you started learning things about him. You started reading the Bible and asking questions. You started attending church and walking life with people that know him. And your relationship with him started to grow. It started small, but it's starting to grow. When I was a young youth pastor, I was in my, 20, my late 20s, I think, at the time. And um, I had a young kid come into youth group. And he was there for the girls. Um, that was it. His name was Kevin. And... Um, and week after week, he would come to youth group, but seriously, his eyes were on the girls. And if that's what gets you there, okay, it helps, right? And so um, anyways, so he would come to youth group and he was, um, you could see that stuff was starting to change after a while in him, that he wasn't there just for the girls. Yes, he liked the girls, but he was starting to ask questions. He was starting to want to know more about God. He was starting to encounter God. And then you started seeing him come into to our Sunday night gatherings, which was our whole church and stuff. And he started to come to Sunday mornings and, and you're like, something's going on in this kid, right? He's starting to grow. And he, he wanted to know about Jesus. He wanted to know more. I didn't think I was going to cry on this, but I'm going to. So, guys, life was just so amazing. I just love this kid so much. But he, you know, he had a really hard life, and the church became his family. And uh, we gave him a graduation party when he graduated from high school, and we sent him off to Bend. And he, um, we sent him to Bend, and he was a student there at the school, at the Foursquare Church. He was an... Uh, an intern, but then he was also um, in a Bible school. And we used to do something like that here at Living Waters as well. And so he chose to go to Bend and it was um, near the end of his first year. Sorry, guys. I didn't expect this to hit me that hard. Um, near the end of his first year, he um, started going numb on his right side. There was a lot of tingling and stuff going on. And he didn't know what was going on. And so he ended up calling me from the hospital. And he was like, Kimber, he's like, I, I'm in the hospital. I need you to come. And so I got in the car and I, I got to bend as fast as I could. And they had found a brain tumor on his brain stem. And so it was inoperable. And it was, it was crazy. I was like, what is going on? And so we got him home to LeGrand and... Um, and, you know, because it's inoperable, he went through radiation and chemo and he started, his uh, tumor started to shrink a little. And we would, we would celebrate and we'd pray and we'd celebrate and we were just like, come on, like, come on, God, you can do this. And so it was about two years in Legrand that he was doing all these things. And he, he started to feel a little bit better because the, the tumor had shrunk some. And so he called Ryan and he said, hey, can I come to Medford and finish out my second year with you? And Ryan's like, absolutely, get down here. And so that was the, the year that I moved here as well. And I was here to help with the school. And it was a rough year, but it was a beautiful year. But Kevin's life, he was like a magnet to people. People wanted to know this light in him. 
He drew people to Jesus by just being who he was. And uh, I forgot a whole story about him. He, I will tell you this, he, he was always growing the youth group when, when he was in, in high school. And, and he, um, he always just brought these kids in that were like, hey, I, I'm here for the food. I heard the food's really good. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. And then, you know, his best friend was one of them. And now he's a, a youth pastor in Florida, which is amazing. But, and then he wanted to start a worship team one time. And he's like, Kimber, I want to start a worship team. And I said, well, go talk to Jeffrey. And so he, Jeffrey's like, well, just bring any of your friends that want to do this and we'll just figure it out. Just come after school on Thursday. And so 10 kids showed up and I don't think any of them knew how to do anything. <laughs> Nothing. But he was like, we're here to worship. And I'm like, do these kids know Jesus? And he's like, I don't know. You know, like he just, they thought they were in a band, right? This was his life. He would just bring these kids in and our youth group grew huge because Kevin was just bringing kids in, right? And so when he um, finished out his last year here, we had a graduation for him. We went to um, LeGrand and he had to go back home because he got worse. And um, so uh, we had a, a beautiful graduation for him. <laughs> and, uh, and then a, a couple, about a month later, he passed away. And the reason why I am telling you this story is, um, you know, Kevin's memorial service, there were hundreds of people there that were celebrating his life. They were celebrating Jesus. You know, many of the people there in that room had been affected by him and by what he brought of Jesus in his life. And many of those young people that were in that room, they only knew Jesus because he had brought them in, right? His life was a testimony of God's goodness and God's kingdom. That small seed turned into a huge tree with lots of branches. Kevin shared the good news of his life, of, of Jesus's life with anyone that would listen. Anyone. There's a girl that he met on a plane somewhere. Her name's Olga. And I don't, I've never even met this girl, but he just shared Jesus with her. And I was like, what in the world? Like you're just, he was just this amazing kid. But see, the kingdom was evident in every step that he took. It was incredible. In Luke 13, 20, uh, again, it's, it says, again, he asked, what shall we compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through all the dough. Now, a loaf of bread, of course, is not as big as a mustard seed tree, right? A mustard tree. Um, but there are some things that I believe that Jesus knew that they would understand by talking about yeast and dough. So number one, given time, the yeast will spread through all the dough just as the kingdom of God will grow throughout the earth. See, yeast is three to four micrometers in size. That's crazy, crazy small, right? And you don't need very much to go into dough to make it rise. But just like that, the kingdom of God was going to grow and it would start small as Jesus shared with the 12 disciples. And then as he went into the city and he would share the good news and then people would go out from there and it started to grow to where we're now 2000 years later and it is all over, kind of, right? We still have work to do. 
Just as yeast makes dough rise from within, the kingdom of God exerts its influence from within. God's, God first changes the heart of a person and the eternal changes and then the external um, has effect. So I've told this story before a couple years ago, but um, my dad had a best friend um, all of most of my life. This guy was in his life. And, um, and Michael was probably one of the meanest, rudest, hateful men around. And I did not like being around him. And I did not understand why my dad would like to be around him. This guy was negative. He was sarcastic. He was judgmental. He was angry. And my dad, who loves Jesus and is kind and compassionate and soft, my dad, anytime he says the name Jesus, he's crying. Like, this is my dad, right? And I'm like, how are you friends with this guy? And anything I could do to avoid this guy, I would do it. Just, I, I could not stand being around this guy. And, um, but then talking about the effects of what happens when God changes our heart and how everything changes on the external, something happened to Michael that I didn't know about. And so I was at my parents' house one day and we we're talking in the driveway and in he drives. And I was like, oh, how do I get out of here? I just need to get out of here. And he, he gets out of his truck and he says, hi, Kimberly, how are you? And I was like, come again? Like what? First of all, I don't think that guy in, at that point, it was like 20 years. I don't think that he had ever asked me how I was ever. And usually he is that angry, judgy, Kimberly, nice to see you. That's how he would respond to me almost every time. And I was like, what's going on? And so of course I don't know how to respond to this guy that's being nice to me. And so I smart off, of course, and I, I don't even remember what I said. And he just stood there and smiled. He did not have a rebuttal and I could not figure out what's going on. But the thing is, a couple weeks prior, he had met Jesus. My dad had led him to the Lord. And it had been years, you guys, of my dad praying for him, my dad caring about this man. And he had come to know Jesus. And you see, Mike had given his life to Jesus and I just didn't know it, but I could see the difference. He looked different. He had a soft demeanor about him and he was kind. That was not the norm. Something was different in this guy. And it was because God had changed his heart. And because of it, the effects were different on the outside. When Jesus comes into our lives, the heart starts to change and our external starts to show the change. And it affects everyone around us. And the gospel influencing culture works the same way. Christians within a culture act as agents of change, slowly transforming that culture from within. So do you want to see change in your workplace? Do you want to see change in the city? You want to see change in your family or your friends? Allow the Lord to work in you and follow his lead and the change will come, but it comes with partnering with him and showing them Jesus. Just as the dough eventually rises, the kingdom of God will be known throughout the world. Habakkuk 2.4 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So what Jesus started with, with the disciples, then has been reaching tons of people 
during those three years of his ministry, and now it's grown throughout the world. The other night, we were, um, there was about eight of us in here, and we were praying for the finances of the church and um, the financial prayer team. Uh, we just got together. Summer was leading us, and we were praying, and we were in a circle right over here. And we were praying for this house. We were praying for the families of this house. We were praying for the finances of the house. And as we were coming to the last couple, it was like the last, I don't know, 15 minutes of a couple hours of praying together, um, which it was powerful, you guys. It was amazing. But when I, we were sitting in the circle, I heard the word ambassadors. And over and over, the Lord just kept saying ambassadors, ambassadors, ambassadors. And I knew he wasn't talking for that moment. And I knew he was talking about this moment. And so I, I went and I looked it up because I do know what ambassador means, but I love the actual verse, right? I, I mean, not verse, but the actual um, definition. An ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. And as I've been prepping this message and seeking the Lord, this is what the Lord is saying to us. If we know him personally, if we are followers of Jesus and he is the Lord of our life, we become the ambassadors, his representatives and messengers of the good news of Jesus. We are the ones that get to share that truth with people. We're the ones that are filled with the Holy Spirit and get to walk in the supernatural if we allow him to move through us. We're the ones that see somebody that needs healing and get to reach out and say, can I pray for you? And see that healing take place. We're the ones that get to give of the overflow of what God is doing in our lives to others. We're his ambassadors. We're the ones that get to give that good news to the people that don't know him. They're looking for him. So what does this look like? It looks like reflecting the heart of love to those you come in contact with. See, the world isn't doing that. I don't know if you guys are looking around at all, but the world is pretty angry right now. There's a lot of division and hurt and pain. People are staying to themselves and holding up still, or they're lashing out because they're so angry. But we're at the ambassadors of Christ. We get to reflect his love to everyone. Looking people in the eye, knowing them, right? That's a big deal. It looks like loving the unlovely and not treating them the way that the uh, world does. For months, I have been, actually, I think it's been about a year now. I drive through the city and I'm like, what is happening? Right? Our homeless population has grown. It is insane. And I just keep asking the Lord as I'm driving through, what are you doing? What strategy do you want to give me? How do we reach these people? What do you want to do? God, because they're desperate for you. They may not know that, but they are. What are we doing? Right? We get to love them even though everyone else is throwing things at them and hating them and mad at them. I get it. There's a lot of stuff going on. But that, we're his ambassadors. We get to show them Jesus. We get to release uh, prayer over our city or pray for the sick that we come into contact with. It looks like us asking someone how their day is and really caring about what they say. 
How often do we just say, how's your day? And then just kind of, oh, it's good. Okay, good. You know, and walk by. What if we were to actually be intentional with the cashier? I've done that a few times. Sometimes they talk too much. (laughs) But who cares? Right? What if God is stirring something on your heart to share with them? Are you going to do it? I know this takes boldness and guts. I get it. This looks like us keeping our eyes open to what the Lord is showing us instead of being so busy that we miss what he wants to use us for, what he wants to do through our lives. It looks like us knowing our neighbors and building relationship with them, even if their view of things is different. Hmm. What does that look like? right? You may totally disagree with your neighbor and their flag that they are hanging off of their house or their little sign of who they're voting for or whatever it is that you know about that person. Your life may look completely different than theirs. Your views may be completely different than theirs, but that does not mean that we just get to let them live life and not actually engage with them. You were planted in that space for this time. And God wants to use your life. If you don't know how to do that, I would recommend this book, How to Human by Carlos Whitaker. And follow him on Instagram. Seriously, this guy is dropping bombs. It is awesome what he's doing in life. And he wrote this book in 2020 when there was so much division, but he is using the example of the life of Jesus throughout this whole book of how we need to be loving people, how we need to be walking with people, how we need to deal with our own bias in our hearts and actually engage with people instead of being divided. This book is an easy read and does somebody want it? Is there somebody that is this your first time at church today? Yeah, all right, there you go. You're welcome. People are experiencing the kingdom of God through you. Are they experiencing the kingdom of God through you or are they experiencing the world? And this is not to shame us. You guys, I'm not trying to come down on us. I'm just trying to wake us up and say, hey, let's not miss the opportunities that we have to reach the world and to keep the gospel of Jesus, the truth, the good news of Jesus going so that people know him. And you may be saying, I don't even know where to start. Well, it all starts in your heart. It all starts with you spending time with the Lord. It starts with you praying, with you talking to him, with you surrendering your life to him, not just the things that are easy to surrender. I know, that's not easy. Surrender your your whole life, that's a lot. But that's where it starts. And then we move out because we know him and we've trust him and we've been spending time with him. And then he tells us, hey, go do this. Hey, see that person? Just say hi. Seriously, this doesn't even have to be, do you know Jesus? I think that we offend people sometimes when we hang signs and we say, you're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. That's not how he wants us to be. He wants relationship. He wants us to build relationship with people around us. And that's how we then get to share the good news because people are gonna wonder, what is it about your life that's different? What do you know that I don't know? But we gotta get out of just ourselves 
and protecting ourselves and staying to ourselves. And we need to start reaching people through knowing Jesus. Then we get to ask the Lord, where do you want me to be an ambassador? Is it in my workplace? Is it in my neighborhood, my family, my friend group? To share a little bit about Living Waters, if you don't know this, um, you know, Ryan and Kate, they are the senior leaders here and they have always had a heart for downtown. They always wanted a church downtown. And so when we had the opportunity to move here six years ago, it was like, what are you doing, God? This is awesome. And so then last year, Ryan came to us and he's like, hey, we're gonna do this thing called Community Life Sunday. And that means that the very last Sunday of every month, on that Sunday, we do not have a normal gathering like this. We don't have kids church. We don't have youth group. We don't have worship. Well, sometimes we do. But for the most part, it, we wanna make a difference in this community. We wanna start small. And that means that we get to love on our community. So we've gotten together and we have cleaned up trash in the Liberty Park area, which is a lot of trash. It's not as much anymore. Um, we get to partner with Jesse in the homeless ministry that he's doing and helping make burritos or um, helping with bags to give to people that just need some necessities as they're living on the streets. We get to, I, I don't know if you guys know that last October and we're doing it again, so this is something you can think about, is uh, we did a trunk or treat in that parking lot by the tent. You know that we had over 500 people that we don't know come through it's not about us saying, hey, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. It's about us loving the community that we're in and then them going, hey, you guys are really nice. What's God doing? Like, I wanna be a part of that, right? This is what we get to do. We get to impact our city in small ways. So if you wanna know how to start, start coming on Community Life Sundays and help us. Be a part of it. See what the Lord wants to do. We're building community here on Sunday mornings as well, which is awesome, getting to know other people. Last week, um, everybody was up at a camp, um, at a family camp, which I didn't get to go because I was baking pastries all weekend, but I heard it was amazing. And I think there was like 60 people or something. And I mean, that's just, that we, we wanna be different than a normal, it's okay to not have church on a Sunday and do something totally different. And that's just our small way of starting to, just go with the Lord in the direction that he's leading us. All in all, what I'm saying is that we are here to show the love of the Lord to those around us and spread the good news through our lives, our stories and our actions. We are bringing heaven to earth as we align our hearts with the Lord and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Moving as he directs and partnering with him in all that he's doing. But don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by how people might respond to you when you invite them out for lunch or over for dinner or, you know, to church. Don't be shocked. They might actually say yes. You know, don't be shocked by their response if you were to go out of your way for them and generously give them what you have. People are hungry for what you carry. They are hungry for Jesus. They just might not know that. They really are desperate for Jesus. We get to start small and see what happens and it could grow into a huge tree. Um, we've got a little bit of time and I did not prep you, John, for this, I'm sorry, but could you just like just play some music in a second? Okay, so I just feel like, 
It's like we knew each other. But I just want to take a minute, and we have communion available. It's here, and it's over here. And I just want you to take a minute, and this is just a personal between you and the Lord. Are you one in relationship with him? If you're not, all it takes is you just saying, Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, come do life with me. It's seriously that simple. And then if you are in relationship with him, what's he doing in you? Can you look at your life and actually believe that you are an ambassador of the good news, that you are sharing Jesus with people, maybe without even sharing the name of Jesus? Are you sharing you know, Jesus with people? And if not, how about we start and ask him, where do you wanna start? Maybe there's some stuff that he wants to do in your heart first. Whatever it is, I just want you to go and I want you to take communion and I just want you to spend some time with him. And I just want you to ask God, what are you doing in me? Is it evident? And if it's not, just walk that out with him. So we're just gonna take just a little bit and then I'll come up and close this out.